Welcome to the Dream to Destination podcast. Around here, we believe that solo travel is the ultimate freedom. It is also one of the quickest paths to empowerment and personal growth. Have you been dreaming about it, but unsure if you have the confidence to travel solo? Well, I'm here to tell you that you most certainly do. How do I know? Easy. Because if I do, and millions of other women do, then so do you. Hi, I'm Shelly of TravelMexicoSolo.com. Join me here on this podcast each Monday to learn the tried and true tips, tricks, and mindset hacks that I used while traveling solo in Mexico for over two years. You'll also hear stories from other solo female travelers on how they transcended their fears and anxieties to step into their confidence and explore the world solo. So if you're ready to turn your dream of solo travel into your destination, then this podcast was made for you. Now let's dive in. Hola chicas, bienvenidas. That means hello, ladies, and welcome. This is the third episode of Dream to Destination, and it is based on dun, 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 the number one question that I always get about Mexico solo travel, and that is, is Mexico safe for solo female travelers? Well, how do I answer that? That is a very tough question. It is actually a question that has no answer, but... Let's see how close we can get to an answer. My short answer to the, is Mexico dangerous question is no, not any more dangerous than most other travel destinations in the entire world. So in all seriousness, the question, the answer to is Mexico safe is very, very complex. But from my experience as a solo female traveler in Mexico, no, it has not been unsafe for me. Now, I know exactly what you're thinking. And that is, but isn't Mexico statistically dangerous? Well, that depends on the statistic, how it's presented and who's interpreting it and a bunch of other factors, but that's simply just the nature of statistics. They can prove or disprove anything if you really think about it. So if someone's trying to argue the point that Mexico is super dangerous, yes, there are statistics that are going to prove that. And if I'm arguing that no, Mexico is really not dangerous, there are statistics I can find to prove that too. But that's just the way statistics work. And, you know, that's, They're helpful and they can also be unhelpful at the same time, but it is what it is. You, you know, statistics are open to interpretation. So I'm not telepathic or anything, but I probably still have some kind of idea of what you're, you're thinking now. And it's, but wait, aren't some parts of Mexico dangerous? And yes, a hundred percent, you got me there. Some parts of Mexico are dangerous and some parts are in fact really dangerous, but This is the same for every other city, state, country, continent on earth. And I can only say that I believe Mexico has been safe for me because I avoid 
these notoriously unsafe places, you know, and so should you. I'm from, you know, I'm from, I lived between Miami and Fort Lauderdale, and there are parts of Miami and Fort Lauderdale that are really dangerous that you never go to. And it's the same with Mexico. There are really dangerous parts of Mexico, but you just don't go to those parts and you avoid 90%, 95% of all trouble, of all possible trouble by simply not being in those neighborhoods. And they're easy to avoid. So what's the verdict? Is Mexico safe for solo female travelers? Since it's probably quite obvious by now that is Mexico safe for solo travel? Can't possibly have a definitive answer. I'll say that from my experience throughout my years of solo travel in Mexico, which includes visiting half the states in the entire country, I haven't been in any situation where I felt unsafe. Have I just been lucky? Maybe. But I'd also like to think that I've been a smart and aware traveler who didn't take too many unnecessary risks and found the balance of, of course, still having a really amazing, life-changing two years of travel, two plus years of travel. So here are the top five ways I believe I stayed safe during those years of Mexico solo travel. And the first one is try to avoid risky situations. The second one is ask the locals for advice. The third one, take group tours. The fourth one, don't join a cartel. Like this is real, don't join a cartel. The fifth one is learn some Spanish. So if you're ready to dive in, let's investigate further tip number one. Okay, so here we are. Tip number one, which is try to avoid risky situations. So I want to introduce a concept to you, which is called risk mitigation or risk management. And I'm going to read the Wikipedia definition because it's just cool. So they say risk management is the identification, evaluation, and prioritization of risks followed by coordinated and economical application of resources to minimize, monitor, and control the probability or impact of unfortunate events or to maximize the realization of opportunities. So I love that definition. <laughs> that is like, that is a real definition. That is a serious definition. So what does that actually mean in, in real talk? Um, basically means Figuring out the likely outcomes of certain situations and only really doing the ones where the like worst case scenario outcome is something you can accept. So how do I relate this concept of risk mitigation to solo travel safety? Okay, basically, I try to avoid the amount of unnecessary risks that I'm going to take. That's how I do it. But let's be honest about something. Travel is a risk. Driving a car is a risk. Getting in a car to be driven to the airport to travel is a risk. Leaving your house is a risk. Everything is a risk. So how do we figure out 
which risks are necessary and which risks are not. And the answer is, unlike the Wikipedia definition, a simple one-word answer, and that is your intuition. Intuition is the answer. That's how you know which risk is worth taking and which one is not. So there's actually an amazing, amazing audiobook that I listened to called The Gift of Fear, written by Gavin De Becker. And in the book, you know, he says something for me that was super life-changing. And he, he says that humans are the only animals that actually question our fear. Like, so essentially, question intuition. Um, we're the only ones. Like, that's kind of that's kind of weird, right? You know, like every other animal is like, danger, no. Get out of here. Go over there. Not here. Here's where the danger is. Go over there. And we're like, no, maybe not. Maybe this is fine. <laughs> All signs are saying it's not fine, but like, could be fine. Like, you know, <laughs> I hate to like digress here, but we should all be listening to our, our intuition so much more uh, in solo travel for sure. But just in like everyday general life, um, your inner voice, your intuition, your higher self, your better judgment, whatever, whatever term you're comfortable with, it knows what risks you absolutely need to take and which ones you absolutely do not and should not. Truthfully, so does your conscious mind again, but for whatever reason, we are the only animals that decide that we should question. We should question that. Um, so yeah, allow your, allow your better judgment to guide you. So for me, my better judgment, my intuition, my higher self said, you know what? when do most bad things happen? When do most crimes occur? And the answer is, of course, at night. So I just kind of had to like tune in to the messaging I was getting from my intuition. And here is what she told me. Now, mine is a she. Yours, sub in any pronoun you prefer for your own. But mine was like, hey, girl, hey, never walk home alone at night. That risk just isn't worth taking. If something bad happens, you're going to wonder forever, why you didn't just take that Uber? Like, you know that nighttime is the time that most likely a crime will occur. So why don't you just admit, um, omit being on the street during that time? So now, Uber's not necessarily a guaranteed safety. Like, there have been many things that occurred in Ubers that were not safe. But again, it's the mitigation of risk. There's no such thing as the elimination of risk because as we just said, everything's a risk. Leaving your house is a risk. So what did I do as a risk mitigation? I took an Uber home literally every single night. It was a commitment I made to my own safety. It was a message that I received from my intuition. And it was one that I didn't question, you know, I didn't question that. Could I have? Sure. I could have, but I didn't. So I committed to doing that, taking the Uber home every single night. And to be very, very clear, when I say every single night, I mean every single night, every night I went out. That included nights when I felt like I was being overly cautious or quote unquote uncool by Ubering. Nights when the weather was nice and I actually really felt like walking. 
nights when my apartment was pretty close, nights when I was out with my friends and they walked, nights when, insert any situation, every single night, 100% of nights, I just took an Uber home. So as a solo female traveler, not walking home at night was the closest I could get to a guarantee that nothing bad was gonna happen to me that night. This is just one example of how I mitigated risk while traveling. So side note, which is great news for international travelers to Mexico, especially with like dollars and with euros and pounds, is that our exchange rates are insanely great in our favor. At the time of recording this, I think it's something like $1 to like 23 pesos, something like that. So you're 23xing your money. So a 15 minute Uber was like $3.50, something like that. So I can't recommend Uber enough for anyone traveling to Mexico. In fact, I recommend it to anyone traveling to Mexico for obviously the safety reason, also that it's so inexpensive, and also for the convenience. Um, you get to things you know, in half the time as with public transportation. And what's the one thing you never have enough of while you're traveling is time. So, you know, you, yeah, you can take the Metro for like 25 cents or you can take the Uber for $3. You know, it's honestly, when you're coming with dollars, pounds, euros, it's, it's really, it doesn't matter at that point. You know, if your budget doesn't allow for it, your budget doesn't allow for it. But I just can't recommend enough that for travel to Mexico, you should just make Uber your hands-down main mode of transport. Okay, let's move on to the second tip. So this is a little bit of a bonus. I'm calling it tip number 1A. This is just some general female travel safety tips, and these will work for solo travel, and they, were also, they will also work for group travel. So these are just some worthwhile safety measures to take at all times. And the first one is to use a crossbody bag instead of a shoulder bag. So why are you gonna do this? Well, the most easy, and probably if you're gonna get your purse taken, it's gonna happen this way, but they're gonna run at you, take the purse and keep running, a snatch and grab. And if you have a shoulder bag, the bag's just gonna slide right off your shoulder. But if you have a crossbody bag, the bag actually has to come over your head. So automatically you're just a hard target and you're probably someone who's just going to get skipped in the theft. So if you want to take that an extra step further for safety, keep the bag at your side kind of tucked under your arm or on your front, I guess, instead of on your back, like on your chest, stomach area. So if someone's gonna, you know, steal your phone out of your bag, it's most likely gonna be if your bag's on your back and they can just easily open the zipper and take and go. So keep your bag under your arm or on your chest. Number two is, oh my God, I see this all the time. Uh, don't keep your phone in your back pocket. Now, is this convenient? Yes, it is very convenient. And in your hometown and somewhere you feel like you have your, your bearings and you're totally comfortable with your surroundings, yeah, you can probably keep your phone in your back pocket. But when you're traveling and you're not totally sure, uh, you know, like places get 
sketchy from one block to the next block sometimes. You just never know. So don't put your phone in your back pocket. Keep it in your purse. Yes, this takes an extra maybe eight to 10 seconds of your time, but it also guarantees the safety of your phone. So if you wanna think of it in these terms, if you get your phone stolen out of your back pocket, it's gonna be way more than 10 seconds of a headache. It's gonna be hours and hours of a headache. It's gonna be costly. For some people, this might be like a trip ruiner. And that's understandable. Like our lives are on our phones and it's just not what you're trying to deal with on a trip. So let's do as much as we can to guarantee that we hang on to our phones throughout the entire trip. And if that means taking an extra couple seconds to put your phone in your purse instead of your back pocket, then, you know, this should be a no brainer. You should totally just be doing that. So tip number three is to take your purse or book bag into the bathroom with you rather than asking your kind of cafe neighbor to watch it. Now, much like the phone in the back pocket, this is super annoying. Not going to, not going to lie about that one. Not going to sugarcoat that. But... This also, much like the phone tip, works for not getting your stuff stolen. So if you always have your stuff on you, it's not gonna get taken from you. At least it's not gonna get taken while you're in the bathroom at a cafe. So if you want, you know, pack your laptop and your phone and your wallet and stuff up. This takes, again, this takes seconds to do. And just ask the neighbor to watch the table and make sure no one takes the table. So this way, we always keep our stuff. Tip number four, don't pull your phone out in a giant crowd and or if you're somewhere where just like the vibe overall just feels sketchy to you. So pulling your phone out in a giant crowd, it's going to be the easiest place for someone to probably snatch your phone. But also just if the vibe feels sketchy, just never forget this. Never, never for forget this point. Your intuition is always right. If your intuition is telling you, don't pull your phone out. This is not the place, sis. Like then don't do it. Just don't question it and don't do it. So tip number five, going right in, into this from tip four, if you're somewhere in the vibe feels sketchy, just duck into a cafe for a minute. You know, get a glass of water, get a coffee, get a tea, get an avocado toast, get a cookie, whatever you want to get. You know, sit down, take, take five, take 10, use their bathroom, wash your hands, put on some lipstick, Whatever you want to do, you know, just if your intuition is like sketchy, 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 like if your radar is going off for sketch, then you need to get your brain back into like a calm mode where it feels safe because you're not going to make good decisions when you're in a place that does not feel safe to you. So yeah, duck into a cafe, take five, take 10, whatever you need to take. And then continue with your day when everything feels, feels correct for you to do so. So tip six is not wearing flashy clothes or jewelry. And just as a side note, if you're going to be traveling to Mexico, Mexicans are relatively modest dressers. They tend to not wear flashy clothing or jewelry. So you would be extra not blending in if you're, you know if you're being flashy in your appearance. 
So tip seven is to have some cash in your pocket so you don't have to pull your whole wallet out every single time that you need to pay for something. So keep some some smaller bills. In American dollars, I would say, I don't know, keep like a couple ones, fives, a 10 in, in your pocket. Like, so if you're going somewhere and you wanna buy like a snack on the street, you don't have to pull out your whole wallet. You just have a, you know, some dollars right in your pocket. Okay, the final tip is double check to make sure you have your PKW, which is phone keys wallet. And if you watch Broad City, the show Broad City, you would know, you would have seen the PKW episode. And I don't know, that that combo of letters is just so weird to me. Like, I don't know, I always remember PKW for my phone keys wallet. So when you're leaving one place to go to the next place, just double check and make sure you have your PKW. In this way, you know, anywhere you go from one place to the next, if you're always checking for your PKW, then you know, like if you, if your keys are missing, you're like, it must be at the last place because I'm always checking between places. So I don't have them now and I did have them before. So we have to go back to that place for the keys. Okay. So I hope those are helpful. We're going to, we're going to move right in to tip number two. Tip number two is called ask the locals. So the locals could be, if you're someone who likes to prepare in advance, you could even maybe, you know, put out on your social media, traveling to Mexico, anyone know anyone in Mexico. This could be something you do before you even get to the country. So yeah, reach out through your social networks, but also ask the locals. Um, this could include other travelers that you meet, especially other solo travelers. And it could be friendly strangers that you've already kind of struck up a little bit of a conversation with, maybe in a park or in a store, a museum, a cafe. This could include your Airbnb host. They should be available to answer any questions you have as well as your hotel or hostel staff uh, this could also be your server or a bartender if you're in a bar so ask the locals they are they know best they know definitely better than like a random internet article you're going to pull up um, they're going to be the best bet for information and i did this all the time but I made it a point that if a few people were like, hey, this place is not really safe, maybe you should reconsider, or maybe you should go with a group there, don't go by yourself, or you should actually just really not go to that place right now. I would just kind of do what they told me. Um, I didn't ask too many questions about it. Now, again, because a few people say that a place is dangerous, that does not make that place dangerous. I mean, think of the whole point of this, this entire podcast, like that everyone says Mexico is dangerous and it's, it's really not. Um, but I did take it as a sign from the universe. If several locals told me that this one particular place was somewhere I should avoid. Now, the difference with like a bunch of people, coworkers and, you know, random um, acquaintances in your life being like, oh, Mexico's un unsafe. It's probably because they've never been there. They, you know, they over, they read some headlines. <laughs> um, 
and they watched Narcos on Netflix and, you know, Mexico is now officially unsafe. The locals live there and they know this isn't hearsay for them. They're telling you what people that they, other people that they know who live there have told you. This is an amalgamation of current knowledge and not going to say that this is a logical process to take to just pull random people and listen to what people tell you this is admittedly not a logical process not a scientific project process but then again there's again no logical answer to the entire topic of this podcast so i don't want to digress but i'm going to Why do we place so much importance on logic over intuition when we know that our intuition is always right and our logic can sometimes definitely falter? But okay, I'm going to stop digressing now. So asking a local is not an exact science. However, locals for sure knew better than the internet, knew better than our coworkers and acquaintances, and they certainly knew better than I did because I had zero knowledge. So... If you're coming to Mexico, and you should be, um, Mexicans are incredibly, incredibly warm and welcoming. So I'm a pretty textbook introvert. And for me, Mexicans are even a little too welcoming from time to time. Like, you will probably get invited to people's house parties. That's just, it's just a part of the culture. They have an expression, and it's mi casa, su casa, which means my house is your house. And they, they mean it. They mean it both for their house, their actual house, and for the country of Mexico. So this is just a hospitable place. Um, in fact, there are quantifiable studies of happiness that I've read online from like reputable organizations like Blue Zones and stuff like that, that say Mexicans are among some of the happiest people in the entire world. Um, they really do love sharing their culture, their country, their food. They love when you love Mexico. So they're, I found Mexicans always very happy to help you. So please do not take that to mean that you should drop your guard and just go solicit advice from any breathing person who also happens to be in the country of Mexico at the same time as you. There are great people in Mexico and there are not so great people in Mexico. So again, let your intuition you know, guide you to finding the the right source of information for you. Okay, we're going to move on. Okay, tip number three is take a group tour. So a common misconception about solo travel is that it means you have to be solo the whole time, where that could not be farther from the truth. You can be as solo as you'd like or as not solo as you like, meeting people, you know, every minute of every day or keeping to yourself. The choice is yours. The point of solo travel is that you are the sole decider. It is the trip of your life. It's whatever you want it to be. So going back to tip two with, you know, asking locals and soliciting information If you got a lot of recommendations of, oh, well, that place is cool, but it's not the safest to go to as a solo female traveler, then you have the option of taking a group tour. Now, I took a lot of group tours. 
and they were mostly to these small pueblos or the small towns right outside of the big cities in Mexico. And while yes, they are pricier than DIY traveling, there are also worthwhile benefits to group tours. And some of those include that one, they make meeting people super easy, especially other people who are traveling at the same exact time as you in the same exact city that might wanna hang out again after, you know, you might hit it off with someone um, you might become friends and you might spend some time with them on the rest of your on the rest of your trip and Two group tours save you the time and hassle of planning and coordinating So that's just gonna free up more time for you to actually be enjoying your trip and the last thing is that of course they tend to be safer so something I never did before solo traveling was what is called an Airbnb experience. And they're, these are really easy to find. Just go onto airbnb.com, that's their main website. And right at the top of the page where you see stays, which is if you're booking an Airbnb to stay in, right next to that you'll see a tab that says experiences. And just like as if you're booking for a stay, you're gonna input the city you're going to and your, your dates. And it's going to give you a bunch of what they call experiences or tours in that city during your date range. Now, this could be actual tours, and then there's other things like cooking classes and, and things like that. It's a whole mix of stuff, but you, you really never know what you're going to find. And I've seen such cool things on there, including stuff like touring Mexico City, Mexico City's famous Teotihuacan archaeological site with an anthropologist as your guide and like come on that's such a game changer for seeing you know an archaeological site with an archaeologist um i've seen doing mexico city street food taco tours with a mexican chef so it's not even only a local that's going to take you around to places you'd probably never go to on your own but it's also someone who can explain you know this is the ingredients and, and all those kinds of things and stuff like sunrise yoga and meditation sessions at beaches that only locals know about. So if you're going somewhere to one of Mexico's famous beach towns, you know, this is like a little bit of an off the beaten path kind of thing. So you never know what you're gonna find. I've done some really cool things through Airbnb experiences. And just so you know, I'm not being paid by Airbnb for saying all this great stuff about that Airbnb experiences, but I am not not open to being paid so <laughs> if airbnb wants to pay me please do because i actually do genuinely love this service so i will also say that sometimes these can be even a little more pricier than group tours uh, again they also have their own advantages that sometimes group tours don't have one of the reasons I really love them is because you are directly supporting a local person like your money Yes, Airbnb is taking their cut, but your money is going to a local person that lives in that city uh, The second thing is that for me, I've always found that there are smaller groups and Sometimes they often end up being private tours, which is amazing uh, The third thing is that you can book them and pay online with your credit card. And pro tip, not every country takes credit cards at every single place the way that they do in the US. So 
for sure in Mexico, I try to use my credit card as much as I can because that means less trips to the ATM and less ATM and bank fees. So I always use my no foreign transaction fee credit card, which you should make sure with your credit card company before you travel. And the last thing is that much like an Airbnb stay with an Airbnb experience, the guide gets rated at the end. So they are extra motivated to do a great job because Airbnb's whole system is based on ratings. So they, I feel like they go a little more out of their way for you than just like a group tour operation might do. The fourth tip is don't join a cartel. So in case that wasn't obvious, we're, we're stating it for the record, do not join a cartel. So in all seriousness, the vast majority of Mexican crimes that you see on mainstream American news are linked directly to the cartels. It's probably 99%. The cartels are a huge, huge problem in Mexico, and there's no way to spin that aspect of this country in a positive direction. So I'm not going to try. But also, don't buy drugs while you're here. Um, Staying away from the cartels doesn't just mean not hanging out with someone from a cartel. It also means not buying drugs from them, not having anything to do with a cartel. So this goes back to tip number one of risk mitigation and the question of, is this a necessary risk? So I'd like to, I would like for you to think of it like this. Two of the worst case scenarios of buying drugs off of a random cartel dealer means one, jail time, or two, hospital stay. So for me, since I wanted nothing to do with either of those places, I avoided any and all things related to the cartels. And this was another way that I believe I stayed safe while being a solo traveler in Mexico. So as I stated earlier in the podcast, I've been to about half the states in the country. And the one with by far, the most overt cartel activity was Quintana Roo State, where Cancun, Tulum, Playa del Carmen, and Riviera, are, Riviera Maya are located. These are some of the country's biggest party towns and most popular tourist destinations. So expect that you'll get approached to buy drugs in these towns. I actually lived in Tulum and Playa del Carmen for a little bit, about two and a half months. And I found that a simple no gracias to them and they left you alone. Um, so dealing with them wasn't too big of a deal, but you know, it is what it is. These are the biggest party towns, the biggest tourist towns. The cartels know who wants to buy drugs and it's tourists and they're gonna approach you. And if you say no, I never found that anyone bothered me beyond a no. I mean, their goal is to sell. So if they get a no, they're just going to keep moving on. And that's how I made it. I never had any problems. The fifth and final tip of 
how I believe I stayed safe in Mexico and how I believe you will stay safe in Mexico is by learning some Spanish. So this applies to other countries besides Mexico, every country in the world. You should at least know the basics. I personally experienced a huge shift in my solo traveler confidence when I started to really learn Spanish to be able to have conversational Spanish with people. Y yo hablo español, no, no, no soy fluida, pero sí yo hablo, which is, <laughs> which I just told you that I speak Spanish. I'm not fully, fully fluent, but yes, I do speak Spanish. Um, but it's commonly known among travelers that you do get more respect from locals and leeway actually as well from locals when you try to at least speak their language, even if you're not speaking it perfectly, which I don't speak it perfectly, but it's very much appreciated when you make an effort, especially with the everyday basics. And if you're going to be somewhere for a week, you're going to be saying those everyday basics so much that it really does, you know, it puts you in a better position. I mean, it, it shows that you're trying. It shows that you're trying and it makes you look like just like a better traveler, a better person overall. Like you're not entitled to the world speaking English and catering to your language. So a little Spanish will go a long way. And quite honestly, many Mexicans speak at least some English, if not are fluent in English. I've found a lot of Mexicans are just speak English. Um, this is especially true of workers in the service industry and also people who live in bigger cities. Like I, when I lived in Mexico City, I'd say about half, half of the people I met were bilingual and spoke English. Um, but definitely, you know, servers in all the restaurants in the, in the popular areas of town in the tourist areas of town, they definitely um, spoke English or definitely enough English. So you really don't need to get crazy with this, but it's a sign of respect when you know some Spanish. And by some, I'm really only talking about 30 or so words and phrases, which you can probably learn over a few weeks on the Duolingo app, uh, D-U-O-L-I-N-G-O. It's probably the most popular one for learning a, a second language and it's free. So, but if that is not on the radar for you, you know, no judgment if you don't have the time or who knows, if you have a mental block about other languages, I've heard of people having that, whatever the case may be, you, you still have options. You can like make a note in your phone so that you don't even need to be on the Wi-Fi, but you have, you know, the 30 or so phrases and words that you know you're going to need you have them in your phone. Um, and if you head to the blog that this podcast is based off of, I have a really pretty and totally pinnable um, graphic made that has the must know Spanish words and phrases that I think you're going to know. And there's everything on there from, of course, please, thank you. And also good day, good morning, and good evening, because they say all three. <laughs> so you always have to know what time it is and how to address people. And then stuff like store, ATM, uh, museum, uh, you have, this is very important. The question, is this spicy? 
Estopica is this spicy and pro tip it is spicy everything in Mexico is spicy so I also have on there how to say not spicy sin picante if you don't want spicy you, you have to tell them that and botella de agua bottle of water you know nobody drinks the tap here but just in super case <laughs> you need to ask for a bottle of water uh, la cuenta por favor which is for the check please you know, there's there's not that much, but uh, I'm going to link it in the show notes. And there's to- a free pinnable um, graphic on there, infographic, that should help you um, with the exact must-know basics. Okay, so that was the last tip of the five tips that I highlight in the blog that this podcast was was based on. And that blog is called Mexico Solo Travel, How to Be Safe and Crush It. Um, <laughs> I can't say crush it normally now. I just like crush it. Uh, and I'll, I'll link the blog in, in the show notes. But just some stuff that sort of came up for me as I'm reading through these tips is that people are going to warn you about Mexico. As soon as you say, I'm traveling to Mexico, you, the warnings, they are going to come. This happened to me also when I went to Brazil a couple years ago. And Brazil was like also pretty safe. I mean, like I mentioned, every place has bad areas and you avoid the bad areas. So the same is true of Mexico. Um, I believe it has been a safe solo female travel destination for me for a little over two years. Uh, The infrastructure for tourism here is really great. The exchange rate is so in your favor that you can like pretend you're Jay-Z and Beyonce. And you probably cannot pretend that. But, you know, your money goes really, really far here. Um, If you speak some Spanish already or you speak Spanish you, I mean, you're like, you're golden. You're totally, you're totally fine here. But do be aware that as soon as you say I'm taking a trip to Mexico, you are going to get a whole lot of, it's not safe. Don't go there. It's the most dangerous place in the entire world. Um, And just some stuff you should consider about the source of the people who are telling you this. Now, your family and your, your BFFs, they just they have your best interest at heart and they have heard these things in passing and really they're not telling you mexico is dangerous they're telling you that they want you to be safe doesn't matter where you go they just want you to be safe and they heard this terrible thing and they have to share it with you but i have truly found that the people who have have never been in mexico ever have the strongest opinions about mexico somehow but they do um so yeah, consider the source of who's telling you how unsafe Mexico is. And I just have a couple things to keep in mind when you're considering that source. It, one is, does this person even actually travel? Is this a traveler? So someone who does travel a lot, and maybe not someone who's like been to 80 countries, but like someone who has traveled, because a lot of Americans have never traveled outside of the U.S., But if you travel, you've gotten this warning about other places. Like I just mentioned, I got it about 
Brazil. Um, I'm from South Florida. There's a huge Israeli population and my father is actually half Israeli. So I was really networked in that world. All my friends growing up had Israeli parents and we would be seeing on the American news about like 86 bombings a day in Israel. And like, I used to know like grandmas going over there like during all that. And they're just like, that's not really real. So was it real? Yeah, it was real, but it's, it's hard to say, you know, this stuff is hard to say. You really can't just trust any piece of information because more often than not, people giving out information have sort of a stake in the game. So one, does this person travel? Are they even a traveler? Travelers know that you, you, you get those warnings and they're probably, you're probably not getting that warning from a f another person who is at least semi-well-traveled. So two, this is a big one, has this person even been to Mexico? <laughs> and I would say that like 9.75 out of 10 times, they, it's going to be a no. Like, I swear that the people who have never been have the strongest opinions. I don't understand why. <laughs> um, I am happy to admit when I don't know something, but not everyone is that way. So has this person been to Mexico? And furthermore, when were they in Mexico? Was it once to Cancun in 1984? You know, like, is that a credible source for, you know, believing information and not wanting to go to an entire giant country? You know, I don't know. For me, it, that doesn't make any sense. So now we have never met, me and you, and I'm not going to tell you you should just believe what, I'm, what I say. But I will say that I have been a solo traveler in Mexico. I arrived on April 4th, 2018, and it is today, June 29th, 2020. So that is coming up on two years and three months. Um, I have been in Mexico very recently. I'm here right now. <laughs> I live in the Yucatan Peninsula. And... I think that if you honestly follow the tips in the blog, or excuse me, in the podcast based on the blog, you'll be totally fine. It's how I stayed totally fine. And I've been to half the states in this country, and I've never felt that my safety was in danger. Actually, I felt kind of the opposite. Um, I've always just felt super welcomed here. Now, I also think my experience is not the one every single person is going to have. But I do believe that if you're like a conscientious traveler, you're going to have a similar experience. So that's all that I have for this blog. I do hope you'll consider Mexico. I think it's, it's just such an amazing country. There really is everything here. And by everything, I mean like beaches, mountains, rainforests, um, archaeological sites, Aztec sites, Mayan sites, uh, man, there's like big, huge cities. Mexico City is like an experience unto itself. It's like New York City. It's like nothing else. Um, there are the most amazingly beautiful, colorful, preserved, historic colonial cities that you'll honestly feel like you're, you're in Europe. Like they're just so beautiful. It looks like you're in a painting. And Mexico has something that other countries don't have.
and that is tacos. <laughs> so if nothing else, come eat a real taco <laughs> and then just leave. <laughs> no, but don't do that. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you'll tune in to the next one. So until then, nos vemos chicas, which means I will see you soon. Adios. Bye. That's our episode for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I sincerely hope that you're starting to see just how achievable your solo travel dreams are. If this episode resonated with you and you know other women it will resonate with, please share it with them. Let's grow a supportive community of both aspiring solo female travelers and solo travel veterans so we can learn from and more importantly, empower one another. Ready to join the community? Head to our private Facebook group called Dream to Destination and let's chat. If you're also curious about my solo travel adventures in Mexico, then you'll want to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Travel Mexico Solo for both. On the socials, I share all of my colorful Mexico photos, my destination recommendations, and links to my related Mexico travel blog posts each and every day. All the social media pages I just mentioned are linked in the show notes. Thank you once again for being here. I appreciate it so much that you're supporting the Dream to Destination podcast. But as a brand spanking new podcast, I will ask you to please, please, please help me spread the word. How can you help with that? It's super easy. Hit subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. By doing those quick four things, you're going to be helping other women find us and go on to achieve their solo travel dreams as well. Until next time, dream on. <laughs>